Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Walkie Talkies is a production of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. Hey, Mo! What's up, Walkie Talkies? Welcome back to episode five of Walkie Talkies podcast on the College Athletes Network, featured on iHeartRadio, the coolest walk on in the country. I'm your host, Noah Bono. So, my first two favors of the show before we get into the interview is I'm sure you can already guess is to please make sure you are subscribed and downloaded to Walkie Talkies podcast. And secondly, is to please leave the show a review if you'd be so kind. Just a couple stars, maybe even write something if you feel like it. It's a really big help for the show. So I'd really appreciate that. And now that I'm done begging you, let's get into today's episode. Today's episode's a banger, straight up banger. That's that's what it is. Today's episode is with Jeremy Salee, who is currently the head of design for Puma Basketball and was a former walk-on with the University of Akron back in 2006 up to 2009 under my former coach at Duquesne, Keith Dambrot, who is an Akron legend. So Jeremy started his career at a D3 school, Case Western, for a year, played basketball there before transferring to Akron to become a walk-on. And that's kind of where the episode will start when I introduce the interview. But just some quick side notes for what else you can expect to hear. Um, you know, the episode starts off with his walk-on journey and the hardships and details of it and how tough it was. Uh, and, you know, he talks about being given a scholarship but how it didn't really feel like he was given one, why that was. He then touches on his experiences with LeBron James and his memories of being around him and just how cool that was. Uh, he talks about how the Puma opportunity came about for him, why he chose them over some other big name brands, what it was like working with J. Cole, LaMelo Ball, and designing shoes for the two of them, uh, and his motivation to now knock Nike's head off now that he's 
in the position he's in, which I thought was great. You know, there's so much more mixed in there too about his business he started along the way. You know, him having three degrees in fashion design, graphic design, and business, which is incredible. Uh, and just what he learned and took with him into his career from being a walk-on. Really cool stuff. So you know what time it is, people. It's time for me to shut the hell up, get the hell out of the way, and give you my full conversation with former walk-on from the University of Akron basketball team and now head of design with Puma Basketball, Jeremy Silly. So you started off at a Division three school. You went to Case Western Reserve, which is Division three school out in Ohio. Um, you end up, after averaging your freshman year, nine points, four assists uh, per game, you end up going to transfer to University of Akron. Uh, under coach Keith Dambrot and this was 2005 through 2008 and what went into that decision you you were playing at a d3 school you were getting minutes you were like pretty much a, a big focal point of the team as at a young age um, and then you decided to take the d1 route the walk-on route what kind of went into that decision and how that opportunity um, come about for you uh, in terms of the decision um, I mean when I was in high school I got recruited by a lot of Ivy League school so it was like my parents were also going through a divorce so it was like I wanted to stay close to home at that year so the, the original goal was to go to Case Western and then transfer to Seton Hall which I had a coach that I played with or had a camp with in high school that was gonna let me play there and you know it was Case Western was great I got a lot of good friends from there um had a good time I didn't I was never a scorer in high school so it was like at case, I actually got to expand that part of my game a little bit. And again, I mean, it didn't really translate the next level, but that was the fun. That was probably the most fun offensive year of my <laughs> of my career, just because it was it was just the way it was easy. It was right. easier. And I just I just had a good time. I was just having a good time at that point. Right. Um, but I, I mean, I was super I'm smart. I was smart at coming out of high school. So like, like Yale and Harvard and all those and Penn and Army and like, you know, those are the schools I went to visit and they wouldn't give full scholarships. So it was like half scholarship, plus they didn't give scholarships for the things I wanted to do, which was design shoes. So it was like wasting money at the same time. So I ended up at Case Western because they had a pre-architecture uh, degree and it was cool. Um, in terms of like the transfer, I knew I was leaving after that first year. And one, I think my, no, my uncle worked at, as a, in a janitorial services at Akron. And he told, he, and I guess coach, coach uh, D knew I don't know if they knew each other or if, I don't know how he got me into the open gym, but there's an open gym. And he said, you come, he said, you come down and go to the open gym. And I came in and played good at the open gym. Obviously I play hard defense, probably harder than everybody else. Just cause you know, you, you want to put your best foot forward. Uh, and they had just lost, what was his name? Oh man, Mario. He's another little defender. He was smaller than me, but he was like a little scrappy defender dude that was on the team. And, uh, I felt like I, it was like a replacement, almost like that. like they hit they they saw that I could be that type of dude for right. the team and um, play good. Rome I, apparently Rome must have I think Rome might have vouched for me at, after the open gym. Romeo and, Travis, uh, yeah, yeah. Rome vouched for me after the open gym, and um, they hit me up when I was at Disney World with my family like a couple weeks later. I was like, "You can come play?" And I was like, "What?" So that was I was literally at Disney World. That was the last time I was at Disney World. <laughs> I wow. remember that it was crazy. It was a good day. So, good day. I mean, you you knew you were going to come in there and be a walk-on. Did you not care that it was a walk-on title? Did you kind of know what that even meant? Or, like, it was just like, I'm just going here to hoop. I don't really give a shit about this title. Like, it is what it is. Like, I, like how did that kind of work out for you? Yeah, I didn't really – I mean, it was never – you know, for me, it was like I either go – I could have went and played somewhere, 
going to have scholarship in one of those other schools, right? But it, I couldn't do what I wanted to do after basketball. So it was like, this was a nice, happy medium. And, you know, when you're young, I just didn't understand. Uh, you know, you just don't know when you're young. You, 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 like, you laugh at, like, when Bucknell sends you letters and wants you to come visit and all that stuff. Bucknell went to the tournament that year. I got to Akron. So it was like, you know, I could have well, been at Bucknell. <laughs> so it was like, you know, right, all right. these things. You just didn't understand, you know, if, if you had, you know, 2020, you know, it's, it's, you just didn't know <laughs> what you're getting yourself. You're so young and stupid at that point. It's mm-hmm. like, you could have went anywhere, but you know, as a ter- in terms of walk on, I just want to play division one basketball. So it's like, I could care less who I was playing for, how I was going to get to that point. I did. I probably didn't understand what it was going to be like for sure. Um, but you know, I was ready for whatever at that point. How long do you think like you were there for until you kind of got a, an understanding of what it was actually going to be like for the rest of your, you know, three years there. Like, did it click at any point? I mean, the only, I mean, the first year was a red shirt year. So that was probably the best thing that happened was I got to red shirt with uh, the rest of the incoming freshmen the next year. And I lived with them in the freshman dorm and all that. So it was like, it was like starting over. So that was nice. So we got to all like come together and like, you know, be red shirts together and learn together and catch up with the speed of the game together. And, you know, you, you start to understand that's when you understand when you finally get to it. The first week of conditioning was obviously awful. You know, the mile test and all that stuff that we got to do. I went home every weekend. I drove for four hours every weekend just because I was like, it was so terrible <laughs> compared Damn. to what I've been used to. Yeah. Uh, and high school was terrible, but that first year at Case Western, everything was easy. So it was like, I had got to get back into, you know, the terribleness of training again. Right. And you're referring to the training during your redshirt year, that being terrible. That's what you're. Well, it was just conditioning. Conditioning was what really got me. Right. You right. Know, practice was fine, but conditioning was like, mm-hmm. it was a whole nother, I was back to the, you know, terrible it was i just yeah I hear you know it's been a long time yeah you've you've been through it so you know man we were running the mile this past summer and i was like and i you know i'm a year five last rodeo i'm like i cannot wait to never be put back on this track and told to run this damn mile exactly Exactly. (laughs) Um, Exactly. it was terrible so after sitting out your first year you actually played in 19 games uh, and what was considered your junior year but red shirt sophomore year 2006 2007 season so like it's not very common for a walk-on to get in a game and be considered a backup, be considered some sort of role player, unless you're, you know, teams getting blown out or you guys are blowing them out. So what do you think mm-hmm. was helping you get on the court that often and be able to earn Coach D's trust and used, you know, consistently as a backup for, uh, I think you were backing up Drew Joyce at the time, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, man, it was, uh, everything was going good at that point. Uh, you know, I play hard, I, I work hard. I always knew I could play at that level, and it was, you know, it wasn't that I didn't have all the look. I didn't get all the looks that everybody got, but I got a lot of looks. So it was like it was nothing crazy, and you know, I work hard, do what I was supposed to do, try to win every every uh, up and back I could, play as hard defense as I could, not mess up, you know, take care of the ball. Um, and Drew and Drew respected me because you know I'm gonna give I'm gonna give whoever hell whoever's in front of me. So right, uh, you can ask you can ask McNeese about that when he first got there. <laughs> I know he couldn't stand that shit. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was good, man. It was just playing hard. Just you know, got in position. Drew trusted me. Drew vouched for me. Senior night after the season was over, he said we got a good point guard in Salee. I was like, oh, this might happen. So, but you know, that's the walk part of the walk on life. <laughs> it didn't right, actually happen. I thought it was gonna be <laughs> right. So you definitely earned some sort of trust and and like a 
a relationship with Coach D and the rest of the staff for them to be vouching for you and and your you know your starting point guard at the time to be vouching for you to get in the lineup. So what do you think like mm-hmm. like what kind of went south for you in in terms of like not getting maybe what you ultimately set out to get while you were there? Like do you do you have anything in mind? Like what what do you think maybe went wrong? What what didn't go what you the way you thought it would go? I mean, for me, it's still like a I still I still think there's politics within basketball especially at that level, there's still like, uh, you know, scholarship players that are coming in and that, you know, the coaches have brought in that they want to get on the court to, you know, I got a scholarship after that year, but with the scholarship came the stipulation of you have to do whatever we say do. And, you know, when you get it, you're like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. But what that meant was for me to be a forever walk, a real walk on and not be the guy after those coming up. Wow. They, uh, they gave you a scholarship, what, going into your senior year? Yeah. My last year. Um, yeah, after my after the year I played, after my redshirt year, I played that next year. I got a scholarship for the last year. Oh, wow. Um, but you were still pretty much a walk-on, even though they're now paying for your yeah, tuition. Yeah, that was like – that was – looking back at it, it's like uh, that was the point. I remember that – I remember he said, he's like, I'm going to give you a scholarship, but you got to do exactly what we say to do. And with that came, even if you're doing better than somebody else, you got to sit there and take it. <laughs> like, man, you got to take it like a champ right. and just be – be there for the team and do what you got to do. And that was like, for me, was the turning point. Cause I, like I said, everything was going good the year the drew left. And I felt like this was my, that was going to be my time. I got in the weight room all summer that year. I was running miles, uh, but it was, uh, it was a good year. And then I start, actually started the first game of the season. Started the first game, the first real game, not the exhibition game, like the first, we played a tournament in Alaska and I started that game. Uh, I didn't have any turnovers. I played solid. I think I messed up at the I messed up at the end though. I had there was a call that I didn't run the play correctly, but it was like it wasn't crazy enough to like never ever play again type. <laughs> that's what happened afterwards. So did you not end up playing the rest of the year? I I mean I played, but it was like less than I played when when uh, Drew was there. Really, I felt wow. like it was wow. just like it was, and it may not have been. I may be wrong. It may have been the same or more. I don't know, but it felt like because you're you're you know you're expecting one thing. For sure. And then you just got something completely different. So then it became like a, a mental battle at that point of you, I probably went up and down. Da- I had up, ups and downs of, you know, fuck it, fuck it seasons. Where I was like, I'm just oh, going to do it. I don't, sure. I'm just going to do whatever at this point. Uh, work, pl- I still worked hard and played hard and did all that stuff. But it was like, you know, maybe I, I shot more than I, w- I would normally shoot in practice. And like, <laughs> I remember practice, I would, we got hot. The whole team was hot. We would be hot and we would just, clowning the whole time and just killing the other team every once in a while and uh you just have like it's just a different mental thing you just got to kind of like get through it at that point so right that's what i was going to ask next it's like how did i mean even though you weren't technically a walk-on but how did that whole walk-on into scholarship was still kind of a walk-on how did that you know in the moment were you hating it were you loving it a little bit of both or towards that last year you were you know you said a couple moments you had the fuck it mentality but like where ultimately were you landing in that last year, like, I can't wait for this shit to be over, like, and move on. Like last year was definitely the worst year. It was definitely the worst year. It was like, you know, and I did other stuff. So like a lot of people, most of our team, we, all we did was play basketball. Like, but I did other stuff. Right. So I had classes that I had to take to graduate on time. So I ended up staying another year because I had to do practice in the mornings and couldn't take the classes I needed to take. Right. So I like sacrifice that stuff, obviously. So I, I had another year of eligibility, obviously, but I, didn't mm-hmm. do it because of that that fact and because I was mentally like over being overlooked. So it was like that was definitely the worst year. But I had met my my now wife at that point. So that made it a little bit better. But you know, it was uh it was tough, man. 
it was tough. There wasn't really nothing. <laughs> not, I hear you. What, can can you? Pay, yeah, it's a full full time unpaid. Full-time. You know, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but can you try to paint? You know, for people listening, just a little bit of a picture of like, you know, when you say, "Man, it was just hard." Like, I want to just, you know, just needed something else. Like, I was being overlooked. Like, was it the being overlooked part that was really just like, like I'm tired. You're tired of this. You want to, you know, move into a field or focus on the things you were now doing. Um, but at the time, going to be doing, you want to focus on that more. Like, just kind of paint that that picture of what you mean. I mean, it was like uh, you knew, you know, I'm a winner. So like, and Coach D knows it. You can ask Coach D. Coach D knows I'm a winner. He said that he knows Salih's a winner. But it was like knowing that, but also knowing that you weren't going to get an opportunity to do what you know you could do. So it was like getting through the season every day <laughs> and knowing that you're not going to, you still may not get it. And you may get a look every once in a while, get pulled over to the, to the white team every, every couple practices. And then there's also the pressure of when you do get the opportunity, if you mess up just a little bit, you're right back to where you were. There's no like, right. There's no like, uh, you know, leeway between, Mm -hmm. uh, when you're, when you're in that position, but it wasn't even that, you know, if I could have played, I was even till the last moment, I think I came to, I didn't do senior night because I knew I had another year left and I came to like some of the study, uh, what were they called? I don't remember what she was called. Study study group. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i used to come to that uh i came to like the first couple after the season was over just on some like i don't know what i'm doing still right uh and then it just got to a point where i was just i finally made a decision and then i didn't play basketball for like two years after that. <laughs> like literally didn't touch nothing yeah that's uh, crazy also like you were around lebron a lot right like he was around the program like a decent yeah. especially those early years in akron he was still in cleveland like you were i mean we, i know he was coming and playing some open gym and stuff like that. Yeah, you ever, we would, did you ever play with or against, you know, him? Oh, yeah. We went to uh, – we would go to his open gyms with uh, – I would go with Drew and Rome. And we would take – I usually like Drew Rome, Zach. Jimmy Conyers used to go with us too. Um, but we, I played with Brian. But, you know, we worked his camp too, so we played with him after camp. And uh, I got a couple of good Brian stories. Brian was – first time I – not the first time. I played with Brian a couple, a couple times before this. And then I was coming in from class and they were, and he had brought like Chris Paul and D, D Wade and they were in open gym and I, I wasn't there in time to play. And I walked in with all my, my stuff on. He was like, is that Coach Smart? He thought I was Coach Smart, Shaka Smart. And, and wrote, uh, whoever was there was like, oh man, he played for, he played for us. He, he, that ain't Coach Smart. And then the other one was, uh, we were at, we worked his camp, so after camp, after the LeBron camp, we would have all the coaches would play together. And Drew Drew Lavender was there. Do you know Drew Lavender? Mm-hmm. Little short dude from Columbus. Uh, he's him and Brian played in the like state championship against each other, like when I was in high school. Okay. Like when I was like a freshman or something like that. But anyway, he went to you know, Oklahoma. He's super short, like five, 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 six, something. Um but I was get I came in after that and I get, I hit like three straight threes on him, and Brian was get, like hyping it up, hyping the situation up the whole time. That was my those were my two Brian stories that, <laughs> that, I, that I can tell my kids. When yeah, I get older. it's crazy too because you guys like being at Akron, especially like that early um, in Coach D's Akron days, like you guys had the direct tie to Brian because it was pretty much fresh off when he got out of high school. Coach D was coaching him; he was new in the NBA, like. And now we're out here in Pittsburgh 
and like we get some cool gear some cool bronze shoes and whatever but i always just think i'm like lebron ain't ever coming to pittsburgh like he's got no ties out he, he ain't pulling up here to come to an open gym so it's like it's just cool because you guys got the full you know akron basketball lebron james experience and we're like yeah, in the, it's great here but it's it's a little bit of the aftermath you know it was dope because it was it was us kent and what was the other there's a little naia school or d3 school they used to bring because because uh, Brandon Weems, I think, went there, and he used to come to the open gyms. But it was four schools that would come to the open gyms that he would put on, and it would just be at random gyms. Sometimes it'd be Akron, sometimes it'd be uh, like Kent. It'd be like Canton. Mm-hmm. Canton. Well, I don't know what high school it was. Some place in Canton. Just random gyms, but it was fun, man. It was definitely cool to like look back at it and be like that. That you did that. <laughs> it's just you know. Yeah, man. You were like, what to go tied into some of that super cool damn that's so awesome you got those experiences with lebron i'm I'm definitely jealous but all right everybody stay put when we come back we get into jeremy's rise as a designer and becoming the leader of puma basketball and what it was like working with j cole and Lamelo ball and the process designing their shoes uh this is walkie talkies podcast and i'm noah bono your host you can find the pod on twitter instagram and tiktok at wtz podcast and you can find me on twitter and instagram at snow dot three all right, we'll be right back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. GAMBLER. 
Guess who? Walkie Talkies Podcast on the College Athletes Network is back, and I'm your host, Noah Bono. Please make sure you are subscribed and downloaded if you're enjoying what you're hearing, and if you'd be so kind to leave the show a rating as well. Those are also very big helps. And let's bring back in my guest, Jeremy Silly. So you graduate in 2008. You have a degree in fashion, fashion design and graphic design. Just anything else, or is it just the end business for all three? Okay. Yep. It was like my own curriculum. I had to make my own curriculum. So wow, that's that's incredible. Um. So you end up working a couple internships and you're a freelance shoe designer and time period wise for listeners, this is like before 2010, you know, this was like the start of your grind. Um, so take us through like stepping away from the game of basketball, hanging up the shoes and how this next journey kind of started for you uh, and the transition you had to make from the college basketball world as a walk on and, you know, even just being a college athlete in general uh, into this current career you're in right now. Uh, I think the, the time off was like, I don't know if it was needed, but it was like, I just, it was like almost I was disgusted by the, by the game at that point. I was just like pissed off at the game. So I just didn't play for, I didn't touch the ball for like a year at least. But when I got to Reebok, there's a court there. So I started playing again, but just in terms of like the transition from college to that environment, the big thing probably that came from that was how hard we worked in college and in the, in the division one athletics in general, and just like how much, how hard it is. Right. I, it, it transitioned well in terms of how hard I worked in terms in of in the design industry. So while everybody else would do, I would do a shoe a day. Um, I would design a shoe a day and put it up on my board at my, my little cubicle when I was a, an apprentice um, at Reebok. And nobody else did that. And that's how I got a job halfway through the apprenticeship and mm-hmm. got a bunch of new shoes that came earlier than anybody else had ever had shoes uh, for the apprenticeship program. So, you know, it was more like a, a work ethic thing more than anything. It was like, you know, you pro- you learn how to survive the adversity of not getting what you wanted. And if you don't get what you want, you just keep grinding at it type vibe. That probably translated really well uh, over to the apprenticeship at Reebok. You know, that was probably the biggest thing. So you work for Reebok um, and you're a senior footwear designer you and manager for seven years and you go to Ralph Lauren for a year and a half before you ultimately land what I would consider the big one. Um, and 2018, Puma starts their little rebirth in Puma basketball, Puma hoops. Um, they're trying to get back into the mix. And I don't know exactly when you got hired. I, I think it was 2019 around there, but they chose you to be at the helm of those designs and, and pretty much the whole vision. Um, so how did that ultimately come about for you to kind of lead the charge for, for Puma hoops? Uh, well, I was in New York, uh, Ralph Lauren. I hadn't played basketball since I left Reebok, which was like a year before. And I tore my Achilles that day. Uh, Damn. And I, <laughs> and I went to play basketball. So it was terrible. And I had a kid do, my, my kid was on, on the way. He was due like a month at, before I tore my Achilles, or a month after I tore my Achilles. And we had to move out of our apartment. So it was like a lot of stuff. It was terrible. It was terrible, terrible, terrible times. What, uh, uh, what, what year is this? What year are we in? That was 2018, August 2018. So August okay. 2018 is where my Achilles, my son is due October, the end of October, November timeframe. We got to move our apartment. So I got to pay somebody to pack up the apartment now because my wife's pregnant and I can't move. I have surgery. I also have started a bunch of a brand and like some other stuff in between those two. Um, so I was used to like just going and doing a bunch of stuff. So at this point, when I have surgery, you have to be on your back for like a month, basically. And it's awful for somebody that doesn't like to just sit around. 
So to keep myself sane, I started just drawing shoes, um, started drawing basketball shoes again, because that's what got, that's what I always loved when I was like 12. I've been doing it since I was 11, 12. And I was just drawing them and put them on Instagram every day. And all of a sudden, a bunch of blogs start picking it up. And then all the big brands start calling Jordan, Adi, and Puma. And uh, I actually called the series the Achilles series. So the Achilles series was, was uh, that, I guess like that comes from from the college basketball experience too, because without college basketball, I probably wouldn't have torn my Achilles. Right, <laughs> so I probably right. wouldn't have my Achilles. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, you know, I went to the interview process for all those brands. I ended up picking Puma because they let me stay home. They let me work from home remotely from New York. And uh, I also like the idea of like, I like the underdog thing. Yes, sir. So yes. it's uh that was part of that too. So that was nice that they were it's like a startup brand within mm-hmm. with the head money. <laughs> so it was like yeah. it was a good situation, yeah. man. But that's how that's how that job came about. So you said you had a couple yeah. other offers and you ultimately chose Puma. Were all the offers pretty similar? Or was the Puma one like the the biggest and like made the most sense because you were gonna you were gonna lead the charge? Uh in terms of position wise, Puma was the biggest uh position wise. The other ones were, they were still big jobs, but this was the best opportunity to lead everything. Right. So it was, uh, it was the one. And actually the guy who hired me was what worked with me at Reebok, um, Ryan Cross. He worked with me at Reebok and had, was at Puma for like a hot second. And he, he told him I could get it done. And it was awesome, out, man. So let's rewind way back. You said you've been drawing since you were 12 years old. Drawing anything? Like, what, how did you kind of, like, if you want to talk about how you really got into drawing how this became a passion for you that now it's ultimately a career for you um and where of course right. where it kind of originated from yeah man we uh, i've i've been drawing since i've been drawing like i guess the first thing stuff i drew was like video game type stuff i wanted to be a video game designer when i was like seven uh, i used to draw a bunch of floor plans and like schematic stuff for like arch- architecture and interior design and cartoons i like cartoons and then as i got into basketball i started to draw shoes so I remember being 11, the questions had just come out and uh, we're going to AAU tournament with my best friend. And I was like, I got the black questions, the ones that nobody really wanted, the ones with black and gold, but everybody wanted the white with the red toe or the white with the blue toe. I couldn't get those, they sold out. So I was pissed. I was like, ah, I could have done these better than, I could make Reebok better. I le- that was a literal, literal quote from that car ride when I was 11. So when I got the Reebok job, my, <laughs> my boy hit me up, was like, do you remember when the car and you said you could make Reebok better? I was like, yeah, man, God is crazy. This this is nuts. So it's it's been written for a while. But yeah, I've been drawing shoes since I was like 11. That's man, when I started. Awesome. I, wasn't, I wasn't any good until I got to college. But yeah, <laughs> but, but it's, fu- it's funny because like when I talk to anybody who has like, I mean, obviously you have like a very high level of artistic ability. But when I talk to anybody who is capable of like drawing or painting or uh, graffiti, whatever it might be. I'm like, wow, I am so challenged. Like I literally, bro, I, I cannot put anything together on a piece of paper. Like I've been trying to work on some like small, uh, merchandise ideas. And I, I, I don't know. I had this idea with an igloo and I'm like, how do you draw an igloo? Like, and I'm, I'm doing, like, I, it was just, it was embarrassing. And I was, and it's like, every time I pick up the pen, but I, I really like, I love like when I see people can draw and, and put stuff in their brain on the piece of paper because i can see the image in my head and then you try to you try to transfer it to paper and it's like dude put put that shit down (laughs) yep yep it is a it's a it's one of those god-given abilities because i j cole hit when i work with j cole a lot at puma and he said that one time he's like how you uh come up with this like it's the same way you come up with like how you write the rap so like Mm -hmm. it's just a thing that you i don't know why i'm good at it but 
it just happened that way. Like it's not me. It just somebody gave me this. Right. Um, so that's what that is, man. It's not a, you know, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> right. Like it's not something if to me, it feels like it's not something you're going to really sit down and, and practice. Like, yeah, you can probably do it more and learn techniques and stuff. But like, if you have that, that vision and then someone's kind of starts teaching you certain elements to drawing and stuff, and then you get, you know, really, really good. But like I, if I'd sat down and practiced drawing, I still would not be good at it. And I, I can confidently say that I would, I will always suck at drawing. That's what it is. All right. It's, <laughs> the funny thing is a lot of design, there's like different types of designers. So there's like designers that are like creative and can draw. There's designers that just, that can just draw so they can like, you know, recreate something they see, or there's like, you know, then there's blends of all these things. There's levels of all this. So it is a, uh, you could learn to draw. You may not be able to take your ideas and make them into something, but you could practice something just like you can go out and get shots up right. and learn to do a straight line. No doubt, <laughs> no doubt. It's, 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 it's different. It's different. All right, I swear, directly after this break, Jeremy is going to talk about his work with LaMelo Ball and J. Cole and that entire process. So stay put. Walkie Talkies podcast on the College Athletes Network featured on iHeartRadio will be right back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER 
All right, and we're back. This is Walkie Talkies Podcast on the College Athletes Network, and I'm your host, Noah Bono. Again, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, and please, if you'd be so kind, leave a review. It's much appreciated. And now let's bring back in Jeremy and talk about his work with J. Cole and LaMelo Ball. So you mentioned J. Cole. I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, you worked with him on the RS Dreamer Series, and and you work with LaMelo Ball. Uh, And I know that Puma's kind of identity is, like, not to sign – you know, that big name athlete, they're really looking at like the younger guys and how they can kind of lead, lead the pack, which I think is really cool. I think it's a good, um, diversion away from, you know, just signing Kawhi Leonard or Braun, whoever, you know, like they're, they're kind of taking a different approach to it, which I think is cool. So, you know, what's it like working with LaMelo, working with J Cole, like designing these shoes and getting, you know, putting your creative input in and also taking what they kind of add to it to ultimately put the vision together. Yeah, man. I think uh, Cole is, you know, he's older. He's like my age. So he's more, he's been, you know, he's, he just understands that there's, it's not just one way to, to make something work or there's challenges in everybody's business type vibe. Uh, and he's, he likes to learn things. So that was nice to like, you know, he asked questions and like want to learn what the process is and stuff like that, which was refreshing because I've worked with a lot of people, you know, Cole was one of the better ones in terms of just like understanding what the business was and stuff like that. So that was, that was a nice, and he's just a good dude, like super humble dude, um, super humble dude. Um, and then Melo's younger, you know, he's a different generation than me. So he's, he's probably more colorful than I am. So it's good that you get feedback from, from him that you probably wouldn't, I wouldn't take from my, my own mind to see what he likes. So it's like taking a, he, he's all, he's all about color. So like our, our conversations are more color-based than anything else with Melo, you know, we've, uh, I worked with him less because we worked with him through COVID too. So that was like been the jacked up part, but we've worked with him, you know, we'll get on text and he'll send over random colors that he likes and stuff like that. And, you know, he's good dude. He's like little brother vibes. He's like, yeah, I'm the old, I'm the big brother in my family. So like, yeah, we work well together just because it's like, you know, big right. brother, little brother vibes. Um, man, that's cool. Is there he, any, he's hilarious. Oh, he's I hilarious. bet, man. I, I remember watching <laughs> ball in the family. When he was like, yeah. I don't know, 15, I'm like, what are we going to do when this yeah. guy's like 20, 21, he's in the NBA? Like, He's funny. He's good people, though. He's good people. Yeah. Um. So do you work, you know, I'm trying to look it up and stuff. It's not as easy as I thought it would be trying to figure out who uh, with Puma has signature shoe deals. So I know there's the Dreamer series. There's the Mellow Ball shoes. Is there anybody else who has shoes out or coming out that you're you're also working on? No, I mean the Clyde. Clyde was a uh, was the original signature shoe that we right. still buy. Obviously, um, there's stuff I can't talk about yet. So there's stuff that's coming that you'll see. But cool, cool. I can't put it out there. Yet. Yeah, no, no worries. <laughs> um, so I do want to ask about. Uh, I mentioned you know Puma signed the deal with Mikey Williams. I don't know if this goes into the, what you can't talk about. Totally fine. If so, but are, is it is there a chance that we see Mikey Williams as the first? college athlete with a signature shoe because it's it, it would make sense with the nil that you know that's where this maybe goes when he gets into college if he even takes the college route he might do the g league thing or or what but i mean yeah, I do, do you think that that's something we could see i don't know maybe i don't know i couldn't tell you even if i wanted to i couldn't tell you actually but yeah <laughs> from my response i tell i don't i couldn't tell you what we we're gonna do cool uh, yeah so it's still it's still new so we'll see what happens right um so another interesting thing is like you know, you're, you love to draw. You've been drawing since you were 12. You played basketball. Now you're designing shoes for basketball players to wear and perform in. 
was this sort of the long-term goal when you were younger to be where you are at or just something along these lines? Like what was what you imagined, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago? Is that what you've gotten now? Or was it, is this something completely different than what you had thought? No, this is it. This is it. It's probably more than it really. You know, when you're that young, all you want is somebody to wear your shoe in real life. Like that's all you want is have a real shoe. That's a physical thing that you can touch. And now it's, uh, you know, that's every shoe designer's original dream. And then you get to it and you, you get to, you know, I'm super blessed. <laughs> like I, yeah, man. God is good. I can't, uh, I have no complaints about where I'm at. Um, and I never thought I could go this far in real life. I didn't know it was a thing. You know what I mean? You just, when you're that young, you're like, yeah, somebody draws these shoes. I want to be Tinker Hatfield, who's the designer of all the Jordans, well, most of the Jordans. And that's all we knew at that point. So just getting to design a shoe that came out was the whole, that was the whole dream at that at that stage. Um, right. Now now the dream is to take this brand that wasn't known for basketball and make it better than the rest of the brands that do basketball all day. Yeah, I think uh, that's, I think that's the coolest part is like, you know, when I used to think of Puma for the longest time, so I graduated high school in 2017, Puma, Puma Hoops kind of started establishing itself around 2018. Like up until that point, maybe up until like 2000, I think it was maybe the pandemic. I don't remember when I first heard like there was going to be a Puma shoe line, but for the longest time, like Puma to me was always like, nah, I'm cool. Like I won't even wear Puma mm-hmm. socks. Like I'm not, I'm not fucking yep. with that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But to be honest, before I even knew who you were and the Akron tie to, you know, my Duquesne tie, whatever, like, before I even knew any of that, didn't know who the shoe designer was for Puma. And I'm seeing like some of these cool shoes coming out. I'm going, okay, well, once I get out of college and I'm not tied to any one brand, like I'm going to buy some Pumas because these actually look cool. They look comfort, comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, so it was crazy. The kind of 180 I did. And that's crazy that now I'm talking to the guy that is in charge of that 180. So um, mm-hmm. I know you own, um, your own, your own business. It's called Freeman Platt. I have that right. Uh, it's your own company. Okay. You're the owner, the creative director. Um, so just explain for the listeners what Freeman Platt is, where the idea came from, what the business is all about, um, and where they can find it. Yeah. Freeman Platt originally started in, I think it was 2014, probably something like that. 2015. Basically I was at Reebok and I, it was like, you know, you're still in a corporate environment. So it was a you're still in a box somewhat. So this is like a creative outlet outside of the box of create creativity. So it was like, and I had established myself as a designer that they, you know, you should just establish yourself as a designer where I could go to the, the VP and be like, I'm about to start a footwear brand. This is what it is. I have to do it before I have a kid, blah, 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 because I want to start. This is why I went to college was to build a, a, a shoe brand. And the way I did, did it originally was everything I did was um, hybrids of like dress shoes or dress apparel and athletic uh, stuff. So that was the way I worked around like the non-compete type vibe um, that most people are scared to ask the question about. So there's not, there was, there's not many people within the footwear industry that have a footwear company, that for sure. But at the same time, it was just me. Um, we were selling like, shoes like it's from made in Italy made in Portugal so it wasn't like we weren't competing with you know Dick Sporting Goods or Foot Locker so it was all it was all good they let me do it um did that all the way up through to the Achilles series really when I tore my Achilles everything sort of slowed back down and then we just re-released a new collection within Freeman Platt called Earl Grey which is basically the casual side of Freeman Platt so it's better price lower price points still high quality stuff more like hoodie based, hat based, all this like essentials that I like to wear. Because now it's mm-hmm. back then it was like, I want to get rich off Freeman Platt. Now it's like, 
I want to just do stuff that's fun that I like to wear. I want to give to my that my friends like to wear. Tell you about it. Right. Um, and yeah, man, we we just released our hoodies the other day. Did pretty good the first day, first couple of days. But yeah, everything find everything on freeman, freemanplatt.com. Sweet. Um, so ultimately, I, I I like to tie the show together with how your walk on journey and college basketball journey in general, and all the things you endured during that process, and just some of the things you had to go through. Um, and experience during those four years, like what they taught you and ultimately what you look back on during those times that you have taken with you into your current career. I know you mentioned work ethic was a big thing from, you know, your transition period, but what are some of the other things that just like, you know, living everyday life that you maybe, you know, equate back to your days as a walk-on and as a college athlete? Um, Every day there's a, I don't know, this probably didn't come from the, that actual part of this may be within me, but the whole, the drive part of it, like the drive to become something somebody tells you you can't be, that's part of the walk-on journey though, because no most walk-ons are told that they can't do anything but be a walk-on, mm-hmm. um, they're too small or, you know, all these things. So yeah, that, I think the drive of the everyday of like being told that you can't do something, you can't become something is definitely, uh, a clear translation into running or like, you know, heading up Puma basketball and like wanting to knock Nike's head around. Like that's all, that's my whole thing. I just want to like bash in the other dudes, like as much as possible. That's, that's all I want to do. Um, so that was, that's a big thing that happened. I, I think the uh, handling adversity and like having to like recover quickly from things that definitely is a translation. Um, whether it's, you know, you have a good day of practice you still don't play the next game or you have a good week of practice. You're in the starting five group and you still don't play like all those things, like being able to handle that and go back into practice the next week and uh, still work hard. That is, a, you know, it just gives you, it just thickens up your skin really more than right. anything. Uh, makes you handle, you know, I can handle a lot of the little stupid stuff that people freak out about within corporate America that doesn't really matter. That's you just need, everybody's need to calm down. Just like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's not that serious. Uh, not that serious, just making shoes. Um, yeah, those are those are the two big ones. I mean, trying to think of some other stuff. It's been a long time, man. You should have called me like probably man. six years ago. I, I remembered a lot more. I wasn't even a walk <laughs> were, on. I wasn't even a walk on. So, yeah. <laughs> um, nah, man, it's cool. Yeah. That, that's all good. That's all stuff that I, you know I enjoy hearing. I'm sure people listening enjoy hearing because, like you said, like some of those little moments, like. I feel the same way. Like certain stuff happens and I'm like, that's just not a big deal. That's not something I'm going to pour my energy into. Like, okay, it happened, but I've seen this happen. I've seen that happen. I've seen so-and-so do whatever. And it's like, you know, kind of just, it shaped my perspective in a, in a little bit more of like a, I don't know, I guess you'd call it mature manner of just like what you're yeah. going to let, what you're going to let bother you, what you're going to let, you know, you're just going to let bounce off your shoulder. It's not that big of a deal kind of thing. Uh, Cause I think a lot of people, just dwell too much and you know focus on the uncontrollables mm-hmm. and it's like man like yeah. you just put your time and your energy into shit that like you can control and just yeah. take the shit that you can't control for what it is you probably would find a little bit more happiness i don't know i'm not trying to go on yeah no no you're right man 100 i think handling success too like as a walk-on you get success in a different in a different light than the guys that get success no matter who they are how, how they play you know what i mean the scholarship guys it's just different. I think we, in in after in post basketball life, it'll work out well for walk-ons in terms of like 
how to handle success and how to protect it and how to, you know, enjoy it and not get too high and not get too low type. Of, like, you know, right. it's like you just learn a lot. You don't even know you're learning it while you're doing it, but right. it's teaching you some stuff that uh, it may, and it may suck too at first, but in life, in the grand scheme of things, I think it'll, it's, it'll help. Like, I'm not, I'm glad it's over, but I'm glad I did it. You know, right. that's, that's like, that's why everybody tells, asks me how, how, right. how I feel about how I'm I'm like, I'm glad I did it, but I'm, glad it's over <laughs> right like it's you know now that it's over it's it's way easier for you to look back on it and be like okay you know for the most part that probably sucked but i'm glad that i at least you know it yeah. happened like it's over it's what 10 years over with for you like at least you yep. you got the experience you took your lessons from it like and that's kind of where i'm at i feel like i'm you know as i'm on the tail end of this um these five years it's like i'm so close to the situation and i've been to three schools so you know i've taken something with me from each school but i know that like there's so much more that's going to come out of this or come from this from my own perspective, you know, two, three, 10 years down the line that I can't really yep. see quite yet. Cause you know, I'm still kind of in the thick of it. Like it's too, it's too yep. fresh. So, you know, I always think that's something interesting too. Cause when we're too close to situations, like, what are you going to do? I mean, like you can evaluate and observe as much as you want, but mm -hmm. ultimately when you take that step away, like more shit kind of hits yep. you in the face and you're like, all right, okay. You, you know, you find some peace with things, you find some clarity, you have a little bit of regret, but mm -hmm. you know, you know how to deal with the regret, you know how to deal with all these stuff. So, yeah. um, exactly. All right, man. Well, that's a wrap. I appreciate you coming on the show, you know, really good to hear your journey, your story and, and you know, some of the stuff you got going on with Puma, you know, super interesting to me, especially cause I'm, you know, not a Puma guy, but that's not to say yeah. that I won't be a Puma guy. You know, once I get out off these Nike ties, I'm free to wear whatever I want. Um, so, yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on, sharing your story. Uh, you know, I hope people learn something from this, take something from it, because you're at a, you're, you're in a really big spot. That's for, especially for someone like me being in the in the basketball world like I am, like, you know, you designing the shoes that, you know, LaMelo's wearing, J. Cole's wearing. Like, it's just super cool for me. Um, so, yeah, man, thank you, bro. Appreciate it. No problem, man. No problem. Keep it up. Keep it up. This is a good, this is a good message to give out to all these cats that are thinking about doing this stuff. <laughs> right it's yeah walk on thing. man maybe if you could give them a blueprint you know before they get in and take the yeah. role you know maybe they can make a more like a better decision because i know i had I had no information you know going into it i was yeah. just kind of just like oh i'm gonna be on a division one team okay cool <laughs> and you get there and you get punched right in the mouth right away yep. every day yep. <laughs> yep every day every day yeah but it's all good it's all good okay that's a wrap for episode five jeremy salee head of design for puma hoops what a great talk about hoops about life about not taking shit too serious and about me being the world's shittiest drawer artist whatever you want to call it really cool stuff really though i wish i could draw anyone looking to invest and uh, maybe getting me the iPad with the pen so I can start practicing my skills on there. That'd be great. Thank you. I know you're probably thinking, why can't you just, you know, get a pad and a paper and do it on there? Yeah, well, I want the $500 device with the $220 pen. This is not an Apple endorsement or advertisement, but I just, I want it. I want to draw on there. It just seems so much cooler and funner. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave the show a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Star it, rate it, write something. However you feel would really mean a lot to me. Uh, to get feedback. Uh, we, we love that. And, and please make sure you are subscribed to Walkie Talkies podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss any. It's like clockwork. Episode 6 will be out next Wednesday. So thank you all for listening, and I will see you then. Couple so cute.
Walkie Talkies is a production of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.